0: You're listening to the Authentic Leadership Podcast. Join Gabrielle Dolan as she interviews a range of prominent leaders about their experiences. Her guests share stories about challenges they've faced during their career, as well as important learning opportunities or moments of insight. We hope you enjoy this conversation and are encouraged to embrace authenticity and real communication. Welcome to this edition of the Authentic Leadership Podcast. I'm excited to have a gentleman that I first met quite a few years ago when he worked at NAB and did my storytelling training. Um, John Cox. Welcome.
1: Hey Gabriel, how are you going?
0: Good. Now you are in a bit of a transition of your career. So uh you are currently, or probably when this thing goes live, not you're probably taking a bit of time off. Was the um worked at Aussie Post as um Well, it's the longest title I've ever heard, but for (laughs) everyone else, it's like the the Chief Information Officer. And you're moving over to Coles as the um, Chief Technology Officer, which I I guess is sort of the same role, but a different title.
1: Yeah, it's it's similar. So so, I was the Executive General Manager for um, Transformation and Enablement, which is a bit of a long title, but it's a mix of things like strategy and tech and data science and government relations and communications. So. A yeah. very interesting gig, especially yeah. over the last sort
0: of eighteen months. Do you reckon you should get paid more the longer your either the longer your title is or the shorter?
1: <laughs> you should get paid more for the shorter. I yeah,
0: think. yeah, like CEO, they get so, you know, paid more. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, good, good you've moved to um, CTO, moving to Coles, which would be exciting. Um, so you went from Nab, you went from Nab to Aussie Post and Coles. That's
1: correct. Yeah, yeah. I spent about eight years at Nab. And then um, I'm actually leaving on my anniversary of five years. I thought it was a nice symbolic um, gesture. And then I'm starting at Coles on the first day of spring.
0: Oh, well, look at that. You've got little backstories behind <laughs> behind the dates you choose to start. <laughs> Excellent. So we're going to start the um, this interview with a few quick fire questions, just so everyone gets to know you a little bit more. Um, so where did you grow up, John?
1: I grew up in lots of places. Um I was born here in Melbourne, and uh, I actually did the maths when I was about 25, and we'd moved about uh, every 18 months. So my, my parents were immigrants. Um, we they moved into Richmond, and then I kind of lived in a city, sort of North Thornbury Way, and then we moved out again a bit further, and then out into the country, and then I came back into the city, and yeah. So, so what lots what and lots of moves.
0: what caused the move every 18 months? Just your parents like it was my parents job or itchy feet or what happened uh
1: itchy, itchy feet so um so my my parents broke up when i was about four or five and then my mum remarried and my stepfather um was a, a plumber so we used to basically get old houses and uh renovate them that was kind of uh what we do pretty much every evening weekend christmas um so it was just a way of yeah it wasn't really about the money it was just you just love to do stuff. So that's what we did.
0: Has that rubbed off on you? Are you a bit of a handyman when it comes to?
1: Yeah, actually, I, it's one of the things I, I love the most. Like I, we moved into this house sort of 18 months ago and maybe it was two years ago actually. And so I've been doing all the bricklaying and, um, you know, building chook sheds and doing all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I do love it. It's it's very good for the soul. Yeah. And and, it- and most of it is not about the skill. It's about just having a crack at it and then eventually you get the skill.
0: Yeah, YouTube comes in very handy. Yeah, YouTube is good
1: as well. And my dad, you know, he's pretty good.
0: I um, my husband worked in corporate all the, all his career for 26 years. He worked at AMP and about I don't know, it must be six or seven years ago now, he left the corporate world. And that's what he does. We just we just every few years buy a house and he renovates it and he just loves it. He just said he just got hey, sick of good. corporate. He's good enough, but yeah, he's good enough. and it's um, and the reason the reason I said because he spends a lot of time looking at YouTube videos to figure out how to actually do things. So yeah, he's pretty handy. Yeah, it's pretty mm. good fun. So okay, excellent. So, what was your first job? What was the first job you had? Well, you I remember
1: connected to my dad. Um, so I was a plumber's labourer. I used to carry around screenings and big trenches and um, pop rivet I'm, I think I was probably five or six when I started doing that like pop riveting into guttering and uh, just do it doing all those manual labor things but I was probably like when he actually paid me I was probably about 14 15 and um, that was like carrying these screenings down narrow alleyways to get into little spots and digging and um, just yeah doing all those kind of things
0: I love the fact that we can talk about pot riveting on a podcast because I, <laughs> uh, my my dad my dad was really handy as well, and I I'd spend a lot of time with dad. In fact, my my first job was helping dad. He was a painter, spray painter, and my favourite tool that you used pot was the goes. pot rivet. It,
1: it was like very so cool, cool. It so
0: cool. cool, and so manual <laughs> and so satisfying that you. Yeah,
1: I love the way the little flip, the little nail thing pops out. Just go ping.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: I know. You could talk about pot rivet,
0: but we. Right. Okay. So, where do you live now?
1: I live in Aspendale.
0: Okay, and did you you know that
1: that was that kind of like where's Aspendale?
0: Yeah, that was where's it. Well, it's it's in a city, isn't it? Or
1: or not really. About about, I don't know how far out exactly, but it's kind of like twenty five k's, I think. Um, I
0: Yeah. Okay. And you said like you got a chook shed. So, is you did you say you're building chook sheds? Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yes. Right. Yeah, we, we, a, we basically grow all our own fruit and veggies. So oh it's a, cool.
0: You and, must have you a know, eggs. yeah, a relatively big place then.
1: You can you can feed a family of five off a sort of a quarter acre block. Mm, you gotta good. you gotta do it in a very dense way though. But this yeah, is okay. not a horticultural podcast, so
0: no, I'll, I'll no, share no. It. <laughs> no, it's a pot riveting podcast. <laughs> This podcast is riveting. Ha ha. See what I just did there. Very
1: good. Very good.
0: Hey, um, so we're all about authentic leadership on this podcast. And um I often I often spend a bit of time talking to my guests around what authentic leadership means to them and stuff like that. But I did want to take a bit of a different approach with you because the reason we did get in touch is because recently I ran some presenting with impact training for your team members. And I ran three sessions. And every time I asked for examples of have you seen someone share a great story, or have you seen someone use a, a prop in a presentation? Or if you just who are the good presenters that you know, your name was raised over and over again. And it's not as if it was raised in a polished presenter, um, but it was raised in that you're yourself and that you do things quite differently um, and, you know, you're just prepared to do something, even if it's a bit funny or silly, but but it clearly made an impact because all your team were talking about some of the stuff you've done. So how important to you is being yourself and being genuine when you're actually presenting and communicating? That's
1: a hard question, actually. You know, I don't think I like the honest answer is I don't think I think about it in those terms. It's not like am I going to be myself today or am I going to be somebody else? Because like, I think about I'm going to take a bit of a circuitous way around to answer your question, but but I think about you know some people I see and you see they're like they're performers, they're like um, news presenters or you know TV presenters, and they come off and they're somebody else. Um, and I just think what an enormous amount of energy that must require for them to. Um, to, to do that. And it's a different kind of energy compared to someone who kind of gets up and you, you get a sense of who they are, at, you know, in a consistent manner. I, was, I almost think about it as, you know, they're like a sugar fix and then you get these other people who it's a bit more, it's more like a, you know, maybe I'm like a low GI kind of uh, presenter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, it just doesn't take the same level of energy, but it, it's just, I, I hope that it kind of connects with people in a more, um, natural way. So it's not like I get up and think, gee, I've got to be myself. You kind of just be yourself. Um, and it actually would take me a lot more effort to not be myself, if I can describe it that way. And um, it to, to me, it's, you know, we, we were talking a little bit before, It's about it's about just treating people with respect. So I tend to just be honest. If somebody asks me a question, I'll tell them as I see it. Um, and usually, I get told off at the end of, like, you probably shouldn't have said it like that. Um,
0: it's it's sounding so, like you, you. Whenever you're asked a question, you give the unpolitical answer, as in, not like a politician who actually doesn't answer. A
1: well, question. I'm not very good at politics in that respect. So it's usually I just tell it as clearly as I can. Um, and I think that, that that probably comes back to my my upbringing, which is, you know, just kind of play it straight and um, usually it works out from there
0: yeah yeah it's um when I do the presenting training I often and it, and it isn't about the polished performance because one of my biggest messages be yourself you can you know you can actually you know can spend a lot of time and work on making sure your message isn't clear or do that it, it's interesting a lot of my colleagues are like Professional speakers, which again I think slightly different when you're speaking to thousands of people, and you've got to up your energy and and it is a performance. It actually is a performance. A a huge amount of them are introverts, massive introverts, and you just go, "How could you be?" But but I guess when it comes down to communicating with your
1: team, so
0: tell me a little bit about that.
1: I should just say, just because it does require energy to get up and present. I I don't want people to think that you just kind of get up and go, "I'm having a flat day," that I'm just going to present in a flat manner. What what, what i try and do is amplify that part of myself that i think is relevant for the context um it but it's not it's not work to say am i going to be myself that's that's the difference like you've got you got, got to bring energy you want to yeah. if you're talking to you know a thousand people they've got to feel you um and you've got to you got to dig deep into yourself to tell a story usually and find some connection some human connection so it's uh, yeah i guess it's just important that you don't think i kind of get up and I'm so bored, you can all be bored with me.
0: Well, clearly, you don't do that. And I think and and that's the word you use is the exact um thing that you should do as speakers you amplify. and it almost like depending on the audience how much you amplify, like it, it could even just be something like your hand gestures. If you're in front of ten people, they might be normal. but if you're in front of hundreds of people, like everything gets amplified. If your energy should be amplified, your pace should be amplified. um so yeah, I think that that word that's a all good thing. Weird,
1: all the weirder when you do it like' I, you know, I've spoken to a thousand people in this room, <laughs> so there's no one here, and you're kind of talking to the screen and like trying to work. Out, because I feed off human energy, you know, like they <laughs> give you noise back, and doing that in COVID has been super weird.
0: Yeah, it's one I've, I've seen some presenters that I would consider pretty good presenters, and then I've seen them present virtually, and it's like, oh my god, that was terrible because it is harder. It it is yeah. no doubt it is harder to present when you're not in the room and you can't feel the energy and you can't work off the energy um it is it's definitely harder to do and there's a there's a real skill involved of how to present um as as effectively and with impact in online as well as in person there's a real skill involved in that but anyway i want to get back to the point because you said you often get told off about like perhaps being too honest can you tell us can you tell us a bit about that because i think sometimes that is what Stops leaders when they're communicating from being honest and from being, you know, as true to themselves. Or I think you said treating people like adults is they're either scared of being told off, like you shouldn't have done that, or or they do that. They they literally get it all the time. You should not have said that. Um, so t- tell us a bit about that and how you sort of go, yeah, okay, whatever, but then probably ignore it.
1: Well, um. So, so again, it's probably not particularly conscious on my behalf other than if somebody asks me a question, I I believe you should, you know, tell them the answer if you know the answer and, you know, when you don't, you should um, tell them that as well. So most of the time, like I think about some of the really difficult things that I have to get in front of a group of people and tell them. Um, The worst, the most difficult thing has been getting in front of a group of people and saying, actually, uh, your roles are impacted and having to do that at at scale. And I think the first time when someone really told me off for doing that was I I said, hey, guys, look, I'm going to be really straight with you. This is what's happening um, and your roles are impacted. And standing up and doing that, I thought, actually, one, they deserve to know it at the beginning. Like, you don't want to kind of skirt around it. Um, The person who was my um, HR partner at the time came up to me. She said, I cannot believe you said it like that. (laughs) You know, it's like, but actually, they deserve to know, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is the process we're going to work through, and we're going to um, we're going to treat you with respect, and you know it starts with being honest with you. So mm-hmm. you know this it's sort of that extreme. To um, I mean, I have somebody has asked me about something that I probably shouldn't have told in terms of you know we were going through a, a you know a process, and I had to hold myself um, hold myself back from sharing too much about you know maybe a commercial deal that we were we were doing. But um, most of the time, you just Sort of um say it straight and i think people eventually get used to it and they actually look it actually hasn't had the impact that people thought it was going to have because it actually builds trust between um i guess the leader and the team that um that they're leading so mm-hmm. i i think that's what's kept me uh doing it and uh, you know I, I, to me the question i always ask myself at the end of the day and um, I'm, I'm never satisfied with the answer, but have I been brave today? And you know, to me, that that is also being honest about um, what's going on in an organisation. And, and it's you know things are really complex most of the time. And having and trying to make that simple and authentic is is usually requires courage. So mm-hmm. what, I mean, what are the consequences when they tell you off? The worst thing is you're going to get sacked, right? But if in the meantime you actually give people the right information and make them make decisions themselves, then I think you've done the right thing.
0: Yeah. Um, when you when you ask yourself, have you been brave? Like, do you, is that? I mean, clearly, being honest with people is part of that. Is it? Does it involve other stuff like the decisions you make or the choices you yeah, calling yeah. out behaviour or what, what what else does that? Yeah. Look so like it for, you? so it is
1: about it is about calling out behaviour. Um, it's about giving people feedback. So have I stepped over? giving someone direct feedback, you know, you know the feeling, like you know it when you're being this coward, like it just sits in your stomach and it just, and it's like, oh, actually that's a sign that you've got to step up in, into it. And, you know, sometimes I fail myself on that respect, but um, that's what I kind of keep keep check of. And it's, it's also, you know, when you think about, you know, what I do from a technology perspective, it is asking, are we pushing hard enough against an organisation and trying to take them where... Um, where the future is, and that also takes courage because it's very easy to fail. Um, we all know well, there's lots and lots of stories of transformations that just haven't succeeded because people weren't brave enough. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I think it's it's on everything, and it, it's both at personal and and work context. It's just to yeah. keep myself honest, um, and most of the time, if I am honest about it, I never quite get to where I want to from a braveness <laughs> perspective
0: is is that it, genuinely do you think that's because your standard is really high around this or i think it, i think it's
1: cranking up no I, I think it could definitely like to be a really good leader i think you just like you need to live braveness you need to you know you, you need to have um it's not quite the right phrase but you, you, you need to not be afraid of the consequence on yourself if it's the right thing for an organization and i, I I'm not there yet. It's a mm. it's a proper work in progress.
0: Yeah. Um where does that come from? Like was that was that something that you know you either you got that from your parents or you've you've spoken um, about your stepdad or
1: do you know I think it's um I think it's from reflection and just you know like a few missteps along the way uh, having I, I, I'm so I'm trying to give you a specific example, but there was someone who I um, really respected. He was about my second manager and um, Adrian Scott is his name and uh, i was at, I was at accenture at the time and I was giving feedback and he said, you're like you're being too nice. I, and I was thinking I was being nice to them, but actually I was making it really difficult because I wasn't clear. And the real reason why I wasn't being clear and why I was being nice was I was afraid of the consequences. And I, that 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 see that little bit of feedback has just been constantly um, just you know amplifying, I guess, and getting bigger and bigger about actually you need to do that with more um, more of what you do on a day to day basis.
0: Mm. I think so many of us, and again, whether it's in our personal life or professional life, you're really reluctant to give feedback because you're afraid of, you know, the consequences of conflict. Um, yeah. But and whenever you don't, it's like you said, you, you sort of at the end of the day, you go, I, I really backed away from that. But also when it comes to the head, comes to a head, which, again, it often does, is your first reaction was I should have addressed that earlier. Yeah,
1: um, you don't want I to do it early. Like yeah. the, the sooner the better. I mean, it's less it's less emotionally significant if you do it sooner rather than later. But I think if you're giving feedback with a generous spirit but with clarity, I can't, I can't think of a situation where I haven't given feedback like that and people haven't actually come back and thanked me for it.
0: Yeah, that's nice.
1: But, but um, I think the generosity is the important part. Right? And, mm. and the longer you leave it, the more emotions build up in yourself and the less likely you are to be generous. It's this weird thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, so first of all, a few things there when you said that, um that we give feedback. It's sort of like a lockdown approach. Go hard, go early.
1: <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it depends on what state you're from, but yes. Yeah. Well, yes,
0: exactly. Um, you might man, you may not have to go hard, but I I like that it's giving feedback with a generous spirit. Um, means it's actually you're in service to the other person, as yeah. I guess as but, opposed to protecting yourself.
1: Yeah, protecting yourself and and you know, sometimes we're protecting it we tell ourselves that we're protecting others but we're really protecting ourselves but i think you know, when, when i say generous you know it's done with you, you have to do it because you believe the person is going to change like you have to have faith that um they can be better at what they're doing and i think like you know i go back to to my stepfather he was the one who actually taught me that uh, i was i was the youngest of seven and um, I, I was the only person who got past year 10 and it was not because I was smarter or anything it was because he had high expectations and a belief that I could go somewhere and he would correct me like he would tell me like you're not doing this right you could do better and it was done you know, when I was a teenager certainly we feel this way but looking back <laughs> it was done because he believed uh in me and there's a there's a real like there's a real kindness in in that, I mean, it's it's kind of fierce kindness, if I can quote yeah. a phrase like that.
0: Youngest of seven, how come that didn't come out in the first few
1: questions? You didn't ask me. I know. I, didn't, I know. I, didn't. I know. do you like the youngest of? No, no. You're you're eight. No, in eight. I'm in eight. I'm one yeah, of eight. Yeah, you've got this. You've got this thing against the youngest. I think that's why I am avoiding. It. <laughs> just,
0: I don't have a thing, but they just get away with so much. It was just oh. like.
1: Oh, you're killing me. You're
0: yeah. killing me. Yeah, and, and I remember saying to mum, my mum once, it was like, a, you know, my youngest sister, my younger sister, Al you know, gets away with everything. Like she never gets in trouble for anything. Your mum just goes, well, telling you all off never made a difference, so what the hell? It
1: just like, <laughs> I think she was just over it. I think she was just over you it. sounds just like all my brothers and sisters. That's exactly
0: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so I love I love this concept of the generous of spirit, but also you've got to know that they're going to take it on board. I was actually talking to, um, I go to a gym and I was talking to one of the instructors and I was just talking about something about, um, she goes, I still can't believe people do, you know, pick slam balls wrong. And I go, you must get sick of telling people. She goes, well, there's only so many times you can tell people they're doing it wrong and show them how to do it. And after a certain amount of times when they, just don't take on your advice you just stop telling them and i think that's no, sad too
1: well they're probably in a slightly different context to a corporate context and yeah you know for me if there's somebody in my team who just doesn't respond to feedback then they really shouldn't be in my team but mm. so that's a that's a different kind of i mean that, that's there's a you get you get quite a few tries but if you're really not willing to um, you know to to improve then you're, you're not going to be in the team
0: yeah. I do remember giving someone feedback. Um, I'd, I'd given her feedback on several times throughout the year, and at the you know performance review, I just sort of said, I, "I, you're not very good at taking feedback. You're very judgmental and defensive, and you're not very good at taking feedback." And what I didn't realise it was a stroke of genius. And she said, "Well, there's nothing I can really say about that now, is there?" <laughs> like, yes, yeah, sort of can't disagree. Thank you. <laughs> It's like when my um, daughter said to me once. So I was saying, you know, if, we, if we, you could change one thing about me, what would it be? And she said, admit when you're t- admit when you're wrong. And I looked at her horrified and said, I I seriously don't think I have a problem at all admitting when I'm wrong. And she goes, I rest my case. I was like, I <laughs> Very, it's good gold, good but gold. Um, have you had a time in your career, John, where you've had a? There's been a real clash of values that so you you have had to say I'm not comfortable with this and or or regretted doing something that you later realised was a clash of your values.
1: Yeah, uh, that I've usually it's usually the reason why I leave an organisation um, and. <laughs> Lot, I'm not going to go into it now about Aussie Post because I, I don't want to suggest that that's the reason why I'm leaving Aussie Post. <laughs> but, um, but there have been reasons why I've left because the, just the values don't don't align um, anymore. And I had, to, and I passed this advice on to um, to people reasonably generally, um, you know, reasonably frequently. So, somebody earlier in my career said, you know, what you need to do is keep just enough money in cash so that you can always just walk away and what what that does is again it actually you're coming back to the brave point that i was describing before it, it changes your mindset you think actually i don't need to worry about whether i'm going to get paid for another whatever the period is that you want to keep it for um, so that that has driven reasons for leaving organizations before it's not and it's usually not the organization it's usually some individual or a line manager um, that, that that occurs with um, so I, I'd like to think that the way I've lived my life is through you know a very consistent set of values. And if something doesn't work for me, then i I won't um, won't partake. It's different to you know in a leadership team meeting where you might disagree with things and you have that robust discussion and then you, you know, the phrase that you know I use uh, is you live with and fully support it. Um, so that's it's different where it's a you know like a technical decision mm. but a values thing which is you know about how you treat people or what's important uh, to you in the long term um I, I I can't think of a situation where i've compromised on that
0: yeah I love that advice whoever gave that is to get yourself into a position where financially you don't have to. Stay in that organisation, yeah. and I know yeah. you know. There's a lot of people that aren't in
1: that position. Um, but when it's you've got the choices you make early on, like you've got to, like you've got to just squirrel it away.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you agree. do. Because I think when you've got that bit of financial security, it you you can make better choices. Um, but you, you do you do have to start early. Um, you you you've got kids? You I do. How old are they? I've
1: got an eighteen-year-old. A sixteen-year-old and a thirteen-year-old,
0: all old boys. Okay, yeah, we've got. I've got a, a well, seventeen and twenty-year-old, and we're just taking them through the process of getting them to into investing into uh, share funds, yeah. but getting them involved, like meeting the financial planner and talking about and discussing, you know, how much money they want to invest. Um, but it's it's you know, the other day, my daughter, who probably only earns about three hundred dollars a month went and got her nails done, and it cost, like, $80. And you you sort of just go, do you reckon that's worth almost, you know, like 25% of your monthly salary? Because, well, she'll she'll go, yes, but, like, I I need to sit down and do the maths and go, let's add that up. Let's add that up what you're going to be spending. So um, it should be a luxury thing to do. Yeah. Not a every three or four week thing to do when you're yeah, seventeen. Yes. Yeah, so it's sort of like you got to you got to earn more money if you still want to do that. Or you know, anyway, it is. It's good advice to get your kids starting early on their it's financial security.
1: Thing. Yeah, it's and it's it's you know, you can invest, but it's having that cash just sitting there. I've i found that has had the biggest impact on my decision making process is just knowing that actually, if I had to, I mean, I, you know, I haven't. I've only ever done it once, but knowing that you can, and Mm. um, it's very powerful.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, So when, uh, let's, I want to ask you a few more questions, and we've all been through this bloody COVID as we've all done it. I'm not going to ask a lot of questions about COVID, but I do. What's been your silver lining
1: coming out of COVID? I think it's just time with um, just my family. I, you know, especially when there wasn't any, it's a weird thing to say, but when there were no sports on the weekend, it felt like we were just on holiday. And I was like, what? why do we put our kids through all these sports? Uh, but of course, you know, like it's its fantastic to watch them and um, partake and enjoy. So I, I kind of miss that, but it's also been just lovely just um, having that time. And, you know, and particularly in the early lockdowns, we were having lunch together and dinner together. Um, that, that to me was... Um, yeah, just gold. Like that's that's to me, that's what life is about. And my kids, we were eating their home economics homework on a regular basis, which was fantastic. And my my son, Tristan, he, he's been doing this uh for, for his media. Um he's been doing this kind of mock-up magazine that's that's taking the Mickey out of food. And so he's been producing the most amazing food, like um like Michelin star chips. Um <laughs> just and pork belly and all, all sorts of good stuff so you know the food and the, the time together has been really good um yeah there's plenty of negatives though
0: yeah and you yes. know and i mean i'm in a very
1: like i'm a privileged position i was working in an organization that had more uh, business than than less so and i've got some friends who you know did it very tough that they you know didn't have jobs um both of them and their kids and you know what well you know there was job um job keeper it wasn't you know enough to pay the mortgage and to do the sort of things that they wanted to do like they couldn't even continue doing repairs on the house so it's quite a mm. you know it, it's a weird thing
0: yeah um when you're not at work what's the one thing that you love doing
1: i love holidays i love traveling um i don't know if i can give you just
0: one hey go? Well, traveling where was the last place you went before
1: because well, we, we've been trying really hard to get around Australia again. Um, so we have been doing a bit of travelling. We've been to WA and Tasmania. I've booked Northern Territory about four times, and we keep getting locked out. Um, <laughs> we went to Falls Creek on the weekend, and um, but before that, um, the last place that we went was I um, was New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah, so we, we, we could
1: almost go there again. You almost, yeah.
0: almost, yeah. Yeah, but, we, uh, like, we
1: like anywhere with mountains is kind yeah, of uh, yeah. is, is the real answer.
0: We were like, lucky enough to get a, a trip in me and my husband in May this year to Northern Territory. So we went. Oh, we no. did the Larapinta Trek and we did did all the roof for a few nights. So ugh, just to get that in before we went into lockdown again a few weeks later was unbelievable. Um, okay. If you could change one thing about you, what would it be? And you're not allowed to say nothing. That's a cop-out.
1: Oh, I wasn't going to say nothing. Um, Jeez, how long have I got to answer that one? That's a tricky one. It's like it's working out. See, I'm I'm thinking of all the physical defects, which nobody can see. Um, But then I, I, I think... Like the one thing that I have never been able to master, and I'm gonna blame my stepdad for this as well, is just being able to sit still and relax. Uh, there's a there's a kind of a noisiness um, about the way I live my life that um, I try and find calm and I present reasonably calmly, but like there's just this incessant desire to do stuff. Um, and I think I could I could be a bit more chilled.
0: A bit more chilled, okay. You seem pretty relaxed to me. Well, it's, you know, you, you, you've given your stepdad a lot of good things, He's, he seems he so can't he can't, understand. you know, you gotta whack him with something just sitting still and maybe being honest. You were saying before that sometimes, are you do you, you feel you're a bit too honest? No,
1: no I, I think I could be more honest, actually. Oh, okay. No, I wouldn't take that away. No, I wouldn't oh, take that good. away. It's gonna, that's, good.
0: that's yeah. yeah, it reminds me of um well, I'm sure it's a joke, I'm sure it's not true, where a guy's been interviewed for a job and they say, what's your greatest weakness, you know, that old chestnut? And he says, "Um, tell him the truth. I can't help but not tell the truth. And the interviewer goes, I wouldn't think that's a weakness. And he goes, I don't give a fuck what you think.
1: (laughs) Well, seeing as you use that word, the name for the fund, by the way, is a fuck you fund. (laughs)
0: Right. Now, you know how I said we don't edit podcasts. We All might right. Well, there that. you go. I'm just telling you
1: because I, I was holding back on that.
0: Yeah, good. You, you, oh, you took my lead. Well done. Well done. All right. Um, so uh, I love quotes. I love quotes. So do you have a favourite quote? And if so, what? it can be one of yours. It can be one of your own quotes. I can quote myself. You can quote yourself. <laughs> Think well, that. I'm sure there's a term for that. It's called wanker. You know, <laughs> it's like- <laughs>
1: exactly. I don't, I'm definitely not. I don't. I can't even think of anything that um, I would quote about myself. Do um, you know? I, I don't. You know, I'm going to quote my mum. Okay? Oh, so you this, don't? Which she used to say um, I'd say, Oh, I wish I could do this. And she would say, Wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one gets full first. I reckon that's going to be my favorite quote. <laughs> That is gold. So wish in one hand, hand and shit in, other shit in the other and see which one gets full first. <laughs> now if that doesn't tell you something about my childhood, I oh, know my background.
0: <laughs> oh that's a good one. That's a good one. I think that's gonna right up there. Uh, another thing that you know you know I'm against is uh, corporate jargon. Not a fan of jargon. Do you have a corporate jargon phrase or acronym or something you, you add, no you absolutely hate? Oh. And if you could, I mean, you're in technology. You guys have more acronyms than yeah, I used to be in technology too. By the way, so I'm just putting it out there. But any jargon or acronym that you hate,
1: reach out. I reach hate out. That you're just I'm saying that because I said
0: that to you before.
1: Okay, <laughs> I. I actually no, don't like I, reach out. You know, I, I, I'm. It, you know, there's there's lots and lots of them. Um, I, I think the simpler you can speak, the better. Um, or the plainer you can speak, the better. Um, uh, you know, I, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with reach out. I reach can't think out. Else.
0: Yeah, there to Yeah, I was actually uh, you no. Know, the fine, it the actually one is
1: fine, that
0: Yeah, the one I hate and it actually just reminded me before when we're talking about pot rivet, is pivot. Everyone talks about Oh, pivot. everyone's pivot, pivoting, yeah. Pivoting. Yep. Uh, anyway. Well, you know, clearly you don't. Maybe you don't. Well, maybe you don't use it or maybe you do use jargon all, all the time and you don't know you're doing it. But you don't You don't oh. sound like you haven't dropped any. I don't reckon you've dropped any jargon in this whole
1: interview. I try really hard not to. Yeah. Um, like I usually find myself explaining things before yeah, yeah. I, I I don't really use a lot of jargon. Good. Um, anybody who's listening, write in and tell me I'm I'm full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably do.
0: <laughs> yeah, it will it will be on LinkedIn. So put it in the comments if on you that? know if you know John, and you know he uses a lot of jargon. Just put it in the comments section and yeah. we'll
1: see yeah. how. I'm, all, I'm I love feedback. So please go for it. <laughs>
0: okay john this has been fabulous we're going to end on three quick questions to just see how you go with this all right what is the one meal you'd love
1: cooking pizza the best thing i've ever done is build a pizza oven and once a week fire it up and cook pizza it's a great social thing i love it It if you come over to my house you're likely to get pizza
0: Okay, you make? Do you make the dough yourself, or yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. everything? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm almost Amish. <laughs> you know, like I like being simple.
0: What's your favorite pizza then? Like what's or you
1: just uh, at the moment? At the moment, it's the uh, hummus, and then some um, um, capsicum, olives, and artichokes, and just a bit of cracked pepper and a very light sprinkling of parmesan. It is just. Magic!
0: Wow, look at you! Look at you go! Yeah, okay, yeah. what's your favorite?
1: But I had to try and sound a bit fancy. Yeah, bit yeah, family. yeah.
0: What's your favorite '80s song or artist?
1: Well, my very best friend in high school looked like George Michael, so it's got to be George. Tetrasdomiku, okay. if you're out there listening, I don't know where you are. I'd love to find you.
0: <laughs> Again, we'll put this on LinkedIn. You can tag him.
1: I can't find him on LinkedIn. Oh. he was such a cool dude. He was—he mm. changed my life.
0: Right. Okay. There you go. Why did he change your life?
1: He just taught me how to brush my hair. You know, <laughs> we just. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the the big hair, John. You look like a hobo. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that probably made that probably had a big difference. But anyway.
1: Yeah. We okay. We just had fun. You know, we just had fun. We were kids.
0: Good stuff. All right, final question. If you could give one piece of advice to your 20-year-old self, what would it be? You
1: know, I would have said be brave, but I feel like I've already worn that out a little bit. I reckon it would. It's a similar theme, but back yourself and start your own business. Mm. Okay. Mm. Oh, that wasn't, you weren't expecting that. <laughs> I
0: wasn't expecting that considering you're working for corporates
1: or have you got your own business? No, no, um, I don't. So. No, no, but you're I just, just think t- like to have taken, you know, my, my dad talked me out of becoming a plumber. So, um, or doing anything manual, like I, I reckon I would have liked that. Mm.
0: Maybe your corporate job in technology is sort of a bit like plumbing where you're, you know, plugging stuff in and <laughs> out and making sure it all flows well uh, and connects. <laughs>
1: Here's a quote from my dad. And this is kind of just classic hymn. It's um, you know, a plumber's a lot like a doctor. We bury our mistakes. So um, so I I don't I don't think tech's like that. Your, your mistakes, like the tiniest mistake in tech is
0: yeah, amplified. amplified. Like amplified.
1: You know, the customers feel everything.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so,
1: w- so I, I think it is a bit different. But yeah, I, I think I would have I would have gone and done that. And that comes back to being a bit braver earlier on in my life. Mm. Um, but like I've loved my corporate career, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't give that up. I wish I could have lived like a hundred lives. There's yeah. so many different things to have.
0: Yeah. Done. Well, you're still young. You never know. Oh yeah. I've got I've got other plans. That's right. Yeah, yeah, good. good. I <laughs> hey, John, this has been fabulous talking to you. Um, all the very best with your transition from Aussie Post to Coles. Uh, Aussie, post, Aussie Post loss is Coles' win, that's for sure. Um, thank you for being part of the Authentic Leadership Podcast.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Authentic Leadership Podcast. We welcome your suggestions for leaders you would like to hear from
1: in future episodes.